13th floor. The 13th floor. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another beautiful day here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones. <laughs> Yo, girl, that smile is hilarious. <laughs> Coach K, what's up, man? Oh, man, your mic ain't warmed oh, up. Your mic is jacked. Your mic is jacked. Don't even, I, I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you. I'm glad you gave me that, man. I needed that this morning, man. I'm still angry over the weekend. Still angry from the weekend. But uh, we got our beloved intern, Jiggy J. Dace. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Glad to be back. It's always a pleasure here on the 13th floor. You know what I mean? Hey, quick, real quick, I'll share a, uh, a success story, I guess, if you will. Come for this story. Let right, me cool. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. See, when I was asking for for stuff on the outline, <laughs> <laughs> now all of a sudden everybody wanted fifteen minutes. My bad. You good, man? <laughs> I am fresh. Yo, what's happening, player? Man, you know we are out here, um, always ready, always cryptified, always diversified, and always motivated i don't know let's get it it's morning. let's get it man make sure y'all check out that barbershop boogie too right barbershop boogie too fire that's fire. actually that that'd be barbershop doo-wop five ladies and gentlemen barbershop <laughs> I just made that up in my head <laughs> it sounds good barbershop <laughs> boogie coming soon <laughs> and last but not least our bfbg face on what's happening what is going on people um voices almost back i'm at 90 percent i'm happy uh, couldn't sleep last night, so I got up early. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm ready, excited. Yeah, let's do this thing. Let's do it, man. So Jay Dace, we on you, man. You so say you got a success story you want to share with the people? Yeah, man. I, well, I want to more so. It's it's a it's, it's a story of um. I want to leave a review for the podcast live, if that's okay. Uh, yo, I just want to express gratitude. You know what I mean to to this group because I know y'all did it last podcast, but uh, I like really mainly you, B. Like you, you uh, you you your willingness to share. Your, hey, you know your. If it's just for Brett, then you can call him offline. You don't need to call him. No, it's to everybody. Ooh. It's for everybody. No, hear me out, okay? Hear me Ooh. out. Because you, I was going to put you in there too. You know what I mean? Hold on. <laughs> you led with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, um, but your willingness to share about, you know, how you dropped the ball with your lady and, and spending time, you know, initially, right, in the recovery. Because uh, I had a similar experience uh, just last night, actually. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> you got to learn from she, the mistakes, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I did. I did. Hear me out. So she asked me, I, I, when I, I work, like I'm a hard worker, so I work like all day, right? So she came up to me like, so how does it feel working all day? And I'm like, I look at her, I'm like, normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I do it all the time. But then I was like, oh, wait, wait. They just talked about this on the podcast. Like, this Brett. And then that what Carol said, bet. I closed the laptop, shut it down. All right, babe, it's me and you. What we doing? So... I appreciate you guys. You know what I mean? Your uh, your your life lessons, and uh, I try to apply it. Hey, Yo, we 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 appreciate you listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all our listeners. We don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> day dates apply what we try to go ahead and provide. You see, man, we provide great great experiences and applied knowledge, man. Advice is real on, on the thirteenth floor. With that, if you have not subscribed yet, go ahead, subscribe. Oh, You're on Apple. Oh, Give us a review. I, it, hate, it kills me that Android doesn't help that process, but you subscribe. It will push us up on the numbers. But Apple, subscribe, leave a review. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. So it's been a crazy weekend, man, as far as protests are concerned. Um, you know, we had the March for Our Lives this past weekend for the uh, gun violence that, you know, struck Parkland, Florida. I thought it was an amazing uh, display. Um, looking into all of the background and these young young men and women, children, um, so to speak, organizing this. And then they're organized all over the country in some places um, in the world. Um, but they they marched on Washington, gave their speeches, and I'm seeing people as as young as 11 and seven years old getting up there and you know sharing their responses and trying to get this gun violence thing under control, man. So I want to get you guys take on that as well because it's really an interesting display of um, like political power, and I'm really interested to see what it brings to the, um, going forward because you know these are some of these high school students are actually going to be voting in 2018 and tw uh, 2020. So um, get you guys take on that. Well, I think it's going to, this is, this is just changing the platform. So we, we've, it shifts several times in generations where, where, where people are focused and they're kind of going away. I think that we had that big change shift when uh, President Barack came in, everyone was all gung-ho. It wasn't just black, it was black, white. I mean, everyone was like, oh, I see what's going on. And then, you know, years passed and four years, okay, he got renominated again, got free, um, Lucky again, but you know it wasn't the same as that first time. And then then we roll into this one where it was kind of more of a show aspect. Mm -hmm. I think that if whoever's coming in now, and if President Trump tries to do that whole show aspect, it's going to be complete opposite because you have people now who want hard facts on things happening to to them, to their families, to their friends. And the NRA, unfortunately, is going to be one of those main topics, like the wall was years ago. That <laughs> what are you doing? How are you going to stop this? What's happening in your state? Because if you don't want to do this, then you're going to lose Republican or Democrat, no matter who you are. These kids want change. It's funny you say that because I just read something also about Trump looking for allies because they uh, just had another big loss in the Republican Party for the uh, that midterm or I think uh, some election in Pennsylvania. Um, with, they lost? Yeah, I think he dropped out. The Republican candidate dropped out. So that's another big loss that, the, that that's hitting the uh, Republican Party. So now looking for allies and the NRA being one of the most uh, politically influencing allies for the Republican Party, um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where that falls as well. It's just crazy because I, I don't. It, it's not that they're saying take them away. Right. The NRA's fight is always like, you know, Second Amendment this, and you can't do this. But, you know, in, in the beginning when there was an alcohol process, you would drink it at 16 or 12, at 12 whatever it may be. It didn't stop people doing it. It just pushed the numbers up. So... 18 to 21 is not much of a difference. People who are buying the guns are still older than what they are. I mean, yeah, people are buying 18 in these rural areas of the city, but the majority of people buying these guns are adults. So that shift is a fight. Is, is it really worth what they're going with? They can change their, their mindset completely and say, all right, you know what? We understand this. We go 21. We'll move forward there. And that's a win for everybody. But no, they want to fight the 18, 18 year old amendment which is these guys are in college, they're stupid. They're not, they don't know if they want to do anything. They barely, they came out alcohol, yes. They're going to be able to buy a gun. It's just like crazy. Yeah, it's, and I think that's, uh, that's really interesting to me, um, you know, the age and what they, how they're limited and what they do to try to make it more difficult to get guns. I mean, I think the age limit should be 21 to, to buy a gun. Um, so it's interesting, you know, along with the psychological evaluations that have been on the table, how the NRA kind of plays it where, yeah, they, they're pushing for a Second Amendment, but they don't want to, I guess, regulate it so much, so to speak. There's, there's no leniency. And I think that's what 
just like the Constitution, right? It was made so long ago, it needs an update. We don't still run on DOS system on our computers. You know, it, it, everything evolves and updates. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things with like government and, and, and older, you know, um, traditional uh, establishments where they run so much on tradition and the history of what's happened that they don't take the time to adapt and adjust to what's um, going on today. Those, uh, you know, right to bear arms were created when we were having to take, you know, it took five minutes to shoot two people because that first <laughs> shot, you had to then go back and take <laughs> in and have some dump powder in there and put a ball in there, that it wasn't uh, a quick rapid pace uh, weaponry that they were talking about using. And so there's a big difference in, in, in progression in the type of weapons that are being used. And it's always a complex, you know, situation to me that really it's not that complex. At the end of the day, I don't see why the NRA will not provide some leniency as far as regulation, especially mm -hmm. in a period like now where it's it's a lot going on in the true value and need of assault rifles and what they are made for is not for, you know, 18 year old, I want to go shoot some bottles in my backyard. Like that's not the weapon that you need to be able to have access for to go and do that. Now, I understand, oh, it can be a sport, but it's still not, to me, that is not needed. It's not necessary. Or there can be, hey, you want to shoot AKs? That's fine. But you need to shoot them only in these regulated, you know, gun shop, right. shops and everything. Like I don't see the necessary, the, the need and necessity of having to consistently say, yeah, I want to, I, I need to know I can have 20, um, AK-47s and, and, and two assault rifles. Like, I don't understand why there's a problem with that. And I, then, the world I, I don't feel comfortable, you know, <laughs> next door to me with these guns, you know, uh, artillery. I don't know what's going to happen if we have an argument over, you know, the fact that you didn't mow your grass line correct and now you feel that you were weaponized to, to be able to come and do whatever. Um, I did go to one of the actual uh, marches yesterday, though, it's wild to watch so many people getting riled up that you can see a lot of the similar. I saw a tweet where somebody said it was hard to watch the marches because they saw a lot of the same posters we were holding up for Black Lives Matter being held up now. And back then they were being scrutinized. And today, all of a sudden, everybody's rallying behind it. Mm. So even in me being at the rally, I live in a... um definitely a heavily Caucasian penetrated area. So I have a lot of white people who were there and it was interesting seeing them so passionate about the issue. And I mean, like, vote him out, vote them out, vote them out, chatting repeatedly. And I mean, from eight year old up to 80, you know, that very passionate about it. But I, I definitely felt that moment of this same energy was 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 swayed when it came to black lives matter right. and 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 you know it's the same thing that they're doing in the media where it's a hard place to sit where i'm still passionate about the issue but i feel that like it's still it's 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 like the colin kaepernick right now and um jesus johnny manzel right where mm -hmm. it, it's that Look, I believe they both deserve a chance, but you cannot deny the fact that there's an issue with the fact that Colin is not getting his fair chance 
Whereas, you know, Johnny's now back, you know, in, into to the opportunity. And it's the same thing where with these shooters, there's a, there's a lot of larger issues that are apparent, but it gets frustrating when you can tell and feel the, um, at the end of the day, the segregation of the, you know, what they're backing. And that once that little piece comes, that is, is, is for the students, there's still going to be that blind eye turn towards, you know, things like cop killings, where it's, you know, mm-hmm. all of these issues are synonymous and involve a lot of the same things. But mm-hmm. the way that people in the media are able to manipulate the numbers and the pieces to get what they want is a, it's a weird feeling. Like, like it was weird and eerie, kind of like being in that moment yesterday where I am surrounded and I can feel the passion, but at the same time, like I said, it was like an eerie, like I know if this was a Black Lives Matter rally right now, there would be more cops here. There would be a section of cops that would be like holding right. off probably the Black Lives Matter people. There'd right. probably be some more um, like extreme alt-right racist, you know, screaming some stuff that it would be a lot more um, danger, I guess, in the air. I think- I think like uh, I I think what it, because it affects all of us as a whole now you know what I mean with the, with it's, it's not just touching because stuff like this happen you know in the inner city frequently you know what I mean so it, it affects the the America as a whole and I heard uh, I just read I just recently read something. I can't remember her last name but Dana I can't remember her last name but spokesperson she said uh, white a white mother's tears are ratings. Oh yeah, like, and I was like when I heard that I was just like wow like NRA I mean like that NRA chasing that. Yeah, she came on. Came on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she said that a white woman's tears, a white mother's tears, are ratings. And I'm like, that's so. That's that's where it all. That's the agenda. You know what I mean? That what's going to get the most attention, and how are we going to be able to monetize that attention? And and yes, a hundred percent. But at the same time, it's not the same in inner cities because in inner cities, it's not about um the uh, randomness of yes one person going in and, and destroying the whole school in inner cities there's issues with guns yes and there are issues with gangs yes but the 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 same gun issues that we're speaking about right now it's it's a it's while it is the same it's a different it's a different area because again in inner cities you're not seeing you know he came in and shot up the whole school they came in for that dude and, and they came at that dude, you know what I mean? Or it was a, a gang, like there's ways to classify what had happened where the, the thing about the Parkland shooting that now all of a sudden you're getting into these, you know, oh, well, he's just mentally disturbed. And, you know, he, he didn't get graham crackers when he was growing up. So, you know, that's really <laughs> the reason why he's so frustrated. And you got, and it's like, no, it's not acceptable. And, you know, there's so many conversations because it goes into the conversation of bullying where, you know, that's uh, one of the bigger issues as, as well that I heard, uh, you know, one of the younger kids speaking about, you know, that's more of what it's about. These people that you are seeing coming and shooting, it's because you guys are pushing them out. You guys are making fun of them. You guys are not allowing them to be themselves in a place where they're supposed to come and just be able to learn and be themselves. So but even, at, even with that, like, at what point, at what point do we have to do we continue to say okay you know I get anti bullying don't get me wrong I'm I don't I don't agree with bullying but I being coming from a person that was bullied as a kid I didn't walk in there and say you know what I'm offing everybody you know what I mean and I but just feel like that's that's subjective and that's, that's yeah. that is that is don't get me wrong I'm like yeah, I'm an individual and I'm talking about the mass like that and but you are growing a black a black conversation is a whole different. Yeah. Theory of thought behind your behind that, yeah. So you're saying like gen- generationally, or are you saying 
racially, generationally, everything, all, all of it. We, our mindset isn't going in there and I'm going to go kill somebody. It's, I got to figure out how to beat that guy up. Or I'm gonna so you're saying because I, as an African-American, yes, I, I responded differently as, as a ca- Caucasian-American would have responded. You probably held it in respond. and dealt with it inside versus going out and lashing out to the process. Or you did something different. It's, our, our mindsets aren't meant to go out and I'm going to go kill these people. You're like, okay, this is just happening. This is stupid. I'm going to move forward with this. I'm going to go. I think it's, out. look, I don't, I don't think that's an African-American trait or because I mean. Well, you, I uh, think a better word would be culture. Yeah where them, them guys were sniper rifling cats, you know, from the back of trunks and everything. That, that was, was bad. Like, he was crazy. That was probably one of the most, <laughs> when, when, when it came out that they were two black dudes, it was just like, <gasps> that was a shock to the culture. Yeah. No. But I think the bullying conversation, right, is, is more of a, it's, it's more along the lines of you know stop being so negative and pushing people if you don't like somebody it's okay but it's not for you to try to push them out of you know the acceptance of everything and that's more the conversation that needs to be had it's not about you being you know best friends with everybody but you should be accepting and and okay with you know anybody's choices in in Mm -hmm. what they want to do as long as it is not putting you or yours into danger so going back to your original point real quick about the difference that of media coverage and things because it's affecting the majority. Um, I do want to point out and preface my comment with the fact that a park, uh, I mean, Stoneman Douglas High School student, um, David Hogg, um, he's been real vocal about um, what happened at Parkland. And he, he, he said that it's, um, his school is about 25% black, but the way that they're covered doesn't reflect that. So the coverage that they're getting doesn't reflect the fact that this does affect African-American students, African-American children, in the same way that it will affect, it will affect the, the white or Caucasian students. Then you had a, a couple of um, African-American students. I remember one young lady that got up there to speak on behalf of women and in, in, in the violence um, and how it affects them as well. So I think these um, protesters and these students, these young, young men and women, they understand that. However, Unfortunately, it just sucks to be in the minority in, in, in these cases um, for the reasons that you already stated, Fresh. Um, you know, we deal with shootings and, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it be the lack of coverage, the type of coverage, or how seriously, you know, we're taking taken when these things happen, um, it, it's just dis, it, it's, it's disproportionate. It's not fair in, in the way that it's happening. And, and I ju- it just falls back on it. It's sucking to be in the minority in these situations because the majority pretty much runs it. You got these majority white run media outlets. Um, The country is run by white men for the most part. So we just have to kind of figure out and find a way to be as impactful as we can when we have the opportunities. Very true. No doubt. And uh, David Hoggs, it's this dude named uh, Colin, uh, Colin Noir, N-O-I-R, however you pronounce that last name. But um, he's an advocate for the it's New art, black. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, sir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Noah. So, oh, but no, he's a, a advocate. He's a spokesperson for um, the NRA, and he he basically is saying that if we want to save these kids, then we need to arm personnel in the school. Um, example. I don't know how that makes any sense. What? What? Is uh, well, but, well, quick. Somebody look up his official title, right? Okay. Quick, because is he? Is he? And it's funny to have a, a vocal African-American. Yeah, African-American. I want to know what he's an RA member. 
he, NRA but, title is, and I'm I'm curious as to how long he's had this title, mm-hmm. whatever title he is. He got his own. He got his own. Well, he got his own TV show. It's on NRA TV, but you know, I mean, however, whatever. As it, for, that's whatever been whole, going on for quite some no, time. Not not quite some what's time, his, but he's but he's had Colin C O L I N. But um. So we got. But no. But case in point, though. Case in point. The Great Mills shooting in Maryland. The, uh, the what? Was it great? Isn't it Great Mills? Oh yeah, just in Maryland. Happened. That just happened. Yeah. But there was a deputy, an armed deputy, who responded to the shooter. Granted, one person did die because she was shot in the head. But um, how many lives were saved because he was there and he saved that person? You know, he and he took that person down. Mm-hmm. So it's that's that's a that's a I guess example of what could happen. So no, he's not on the extreme of arming teachers. He's on the he he's more no 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 he's arming, arming trained individuals yes, like yes. resource officers security yeah. police I, I, because three million dollars was donated to the march right but imagine if that three million dollars was donated to training personnel to 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 actually save the people in the school just as an example you know what I mean I'm 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 the advocate of where does all this money come from now that when six months ago you know. Kids are having problems getting just books in their school, getting lunches, getting, you know, all of these other things. But now all of a sudden we've got all this money to bring these super, uh, you know, ninjas who have AK-47s and are trained to, you know, take out 16-year-old assassins. Like, I just, it, it gets so complex and crazy to me where at the end of the day, we need to be helping our children, you know, increase their mindset in, in, and be able to, you know, advance our, our world and technology and that the, the, the thought of thinking arming teachers or bringing in these special, you know, uh, uh, secret assassin guys who are going to be able to snipe out, it just seems so unrealistic and, and pushes so way far away <laughs> from school to school. Like they're but we already have, like we already have security guards in school. And yeah, some, it's not, it's not across the board. And, and we do see that a lot of those security guards are not, if you look at Parkland and especially if you watch the videos of what happened during the actual shooting, you see that most of the security guards in actual trained staff were still, uh, or cops were still like, mm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna sit right <laughs> here. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, it's going down in that room. Oh yeah, I can hear it going down, but I'm still going to stay right here that, Nobody knows how you are going to react when the ish hits the fan, right? Nobody knows how much training, what, what's going to actually happen when it's really time to go down. I think that a stronger conversation is along the lines of humanity and the, you know, the conversation of if you don't push these kids out and don't create while it is extreme and they still have a higher classification of mental illness in order to take it to the extremes that they do. However, these same children, if they never were put into that outcast um, feeling, do we believe that they would have never been pushed to the brink but the, of going ahead and, and, and taking these extreme measures? The, the shooter from Great Mill. Before you go, to answer your question is the reason why I think you asked to Ian, the reason why you're seeing that the money come out of nowhere all of a sudden because the money comes from the top. When it starts to affect the schools that are that have the funds there, oh, I know where the money's money. coming from. Yeah, it, money is, it's, it's how it works. The, yeah, the money is always there. It's just whether okay. or not I care because the the issues with books and everything is in the inner cities. It's not 
and you know the, the it's not in the schools that their their children are attending you know exactly. there's no issues that they face where it's same thing with technology like it's insane that any school right now does not have you know an uh, insane amount of computers and tablets accessible mm-hmm. at all times for their students to be able to use like to to know that there are children who go to schools without you computers and tablets and things of that nature and they're not getting the opportunity to use the internet is mind-blowing you know what i mean it's it's insane to go to go back to your point about um you know if we don't exclude the kids and i agree you know i mean like because the bullying the the psych like we're at at that age you're still developing your your mind so you're you're very influenced at that at that point um but the person at great meals i believe that it was it was stated that he shot his his ex-girlfriend because she broke up with him Mm -hmm. right so that's that wasn't necessarily bullying that was more so not being able to well that was conflict negotiation like not being able to deal with something that was going on in his life and i think that if we approach it with that like being helping these kids know how to like know that yo this is a part of life but it's not life you know what i mean and being able to negotiate what they're going through that will better resolve it's two it's two parts though right because you still don't know if that guy just because he broke up with his girlfriend and that's what cracked him you still don't know whether or not he on his whole life and his girl was, you know, the mm-hmm. only savior that he had as far as feeling like he had some worth. And once she went ahead and said, no, it's over, that that's what cracked him. But We're it not still sure. Goes back but to, it still goes back like, to the instability. But I think it's, it's twofold, right? A, we need to create more. Um, one of the, the, the craziest things going on right now, right, is that kids get all these participation banners. Agreed. And, and, Agreed. and, you know, just because you showed up, that means that you get the same – uh, you know, uh, accolades and, and recognition as a kid who actually won the race and everything. We're just going to keep this even playing field. We shouldn't. Everybody needs to understand there's levels and everything like that. But you need to, A, the inclusion piece of even though we're different, we still need to be accepting. We need to be allies. I, I, way to bring it back. But then also, yes, yourself, you, you can't be broken so easily. And understand that I think uh, there are a lot of parents who do not allow their children to fail, who do not allow their children to feel and understand that you're not going to be first for everything or that some of the times you're not going to get picked at all. But that doesn't mean that you need to go off in the corner and cry and get upset about it. These are things that happen. If it's because of a, a, a game or a skill level, then you need to be able to internalize and work on your skill to push yourself to get to where you want to be or the, you know, the level that you want to be instead of defaulting to being upset and I need for somebody to give me a blankie and a, and, you know, a a way to suck on my thumb because I'm going to, you know, push myself into this area of, no, if it's not a hundred percent right, then I'm just going to go AWOL and act like there's a real issue. (laughs) Right. Right. And and it's okay. Like, it's okay to go and like I know you said, don't go in a corner and cry. But it's okay to do that if, if that's what it boils down to. I didn't to. say don't go in a corner and cry. What I said, because <laughs> I do believe that it. I think that crying, all of that stuff, but it's about understanding that there needs to be a conversation and an ongoing understanding of how you manage your emotions and being able to. There's nothing right. wrong with being sad, upset, and and crying for two days because you broke up with your you know your spouse or your significant other, but 
you, there is an issue if you allow that to, to transfer into you hurting them or hurting other people. Right. There is an issue if you allow that to then stop you from going to work for two, three weeks and compromise your job or relationships with your family and everything else. Like it's about understanding it is okay to sulk in and, and you know, internalize some things and be able to uh, express your emotions regarding them. But understanding, you know, what are those points and limits of not, you know, going out of bounds. And it's hard to say, who am I to tell you, you know, how to, to control your emotions, but there needs to be a larger conversation around, right. you know, those extremities, because you see kids having tantrums in the middle of uh, Walmart, Walmart, a box oh, of cereal that they're not allowed to get. I mean, if you when get the conversation needs to be cut right there of, you know, it's okay that we're not getting this cereal in, and you need to, these emotional outbursts, the more that you allow them to continue to go on, the more that they grow and become right. more of an issue. Coach, you look like you burned you guys, to say something. You guys, you guys are so far off topic at this point, but I'll, but I'll well, bring I was about to. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, sir. One of you did mention Walmart, though. That's a great segue into what I was going to say. Um, everybody's so riled up about the Constitution and the Second Amendment. However, um, the guns that we choose to sell and the age and the profile of people we will sell them to is really up to the decision of the retailer. Um, so three years ago, Walmart decided that they were no longer going to sell assault rifles. Um, and then most recently, Dick Sporting Goods, who was actually the nation's largest retailer of weapons, um, has decided that they will no longer sell assault rifles as well. And not only that, they will no longer sell guns to anyone under the age of 21. Um, so there are things that can be done. Um, I think we always talk about the political side of this, but nobody talks about the, uh, the economic impact of these, of these um, decisions. So those are two really big things. And then there's a, there's a much larger movement going on um, that I don't know if anybody's paying attention to. So, <clears throat> excuse me, if you think about it, in a time of crisis, what is the first thing um, that we normally see people in, are instructed to do? Find shelter. So let's say a boat, let's say a boat is going down or a plane is going down. Remain or calm. We know some place is going to be attacked. What's the first thing you do? Remain calm. I don't know. Okay. What's the next thing? Oh, put, on, put on your uh, face mask before you put on somebody else's. No. <laughs> Call the police, man. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Run I have it. no idea. They always tell you to secure the women and the children. Make sure the women and the children are safe. The men take up arms and go out to do and protect to do what's necessary. In this particular case, we have the women's movement that sparked off first. And then now you have the kids. So we're in a time of crisis and the roles are reversed. The women and their kids are now pushing the movement to come say a country that additionally been by men. It's very interesting. Deep. And that's why he waited to talk. (laughs) It's very interesting. So there's a much bigger movement going on and you wonder how change is going to come about because for the women that weren't involved, 
Well, now that their babies are involved, their grandchildren are involved, guess what's going to happen? They're going to be very involved. They're going to be very involved. Did you guys see? And, and, and who, who, who has the most impact on the decision or the viewpoint of any man? Women. The women. So get ready because it's, it's coming. Did you guys see Jay-Z's the latest video? Um, is it 444? Yeah. I'm not sure. At, with the women. At yes, the exactly. Where Blue Ivy is literally like the president of the future. Yeah. It's... Um, oh, wow, no. Yeah, you need to watch that video. It's uh, with Carol's statement. It's really interesting. I mean... Now looking at that, that video and really seeing how it's... Um, you know, a drop in the bucket of that potential push of real change. Yeah, and I mean, we've been we've been saying it for a while uh, as far as the women becoming more prominent and everything. So it's not it's not surprising to see them at the front to to see the children at the front of this movie movement is surprising. But to see the women right behind them, uh, like you said, Carol, get ready because it's coming. Um, and it's not too much that I think any the men in power at this point are going to be able to do to stop it. Um, because it's going to come with a force and we as men on the 13th floor in this society are going to be behind that force um, and eventually get to the front of it, man, because uh, it, we have to. Um, to yeah. And it's, uh, look, again, it's not it's not the. I don't want our female uh, audience to feel like it. it's every man, because that's what you don't want to happen. You don't want all of a sudden for war to be declared on every man that exists. There are men that support uh, the movement. And definitely when the kids get involved, you definitely want to see that next level of consciousness. And I think the other thing that's happening in all of this is the whole millennial thing about they're all about themselves and they are, um, mm-hmm. I think this is well, even totally with that, you, totally you just said you just said you don't want women to generalize men, but you just generalize an entire generation. Well, no, that he, he's not generalizing that. He's giving you guys props. He said that's not true. That's falsified now. You can see that that that, that movement is that thoughts. My bad, misunderstanding. <laughs> Obviously, I got you, Kay. I got you. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna edit that out to make you look a little bit. No, more. no, no. Leave it in. Like that was definitely misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, but I. I I think that has been the most impressive and most impactful piece of watching, you know, the last three months of, you know, this political and, and economical landscape and seeing everything is that surprising piece, right? We always felt that millennials were attached to this and, and didn't care about anything else and seeing how, you know, in tune and, and, you know, looking for change, I'm really impressed and I'm really uh, hopeful for the change that they're going to be able to infuse into our society, right? The I think in Florida alone, there's going to be over one point like three million new voters in that you know bracket who are getting uh, their first opportunity to uh, take part in a lot of these political elections that are coming up. And I'm really excited to see, and you can already see the change that's coming. A lot of these uh, older, you know been in office for years not doing nothing guys are getting kicked out and there's a lot of new uh talent and infusion of just you know a a a brighter future at the end of the day and it's really impressive seeing that so many young people are in tune to it are to watch an 11 year old 
make a speech that can, you know, you felt in your heart and had relevancy was amazing. So it was awesome to see that they are, are carrying the torch. Yes, it is. Um, before we wrap this up, did we find anything on uh, Colin Noir? Oh, I absolutely did. So what, what do we know about this, this young man or this old man? No, is that Colin Noir is not his real name. <laughs> um, so he's actually going by Colion Noir, C-O-L-I-O-N. I'm sure Colion probably means something or they just tried to make it. Yep. Anyway, so his real name is Collins Ayer Idahan Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's born in Houston, Texas. Uh, he was a gun rights activist, and he has a podcast on the NOR um, network station, whatever. Uh, oh, okay. they, NRA? They, NRA, yeah. Okay. They went and got him in 2013 um, to be a representative. So I, I feel like this dude is a – he's definitely a Manchurian candidate, um, just a guy that they went and got. Mm-hmm. And um, 100%. they're just using him – you know, to kind of buffer Black Lives Matter and all yeah. that stuff and all that good stuff. the black people. So whatever. Any, um, yeah. any car carrying NRA members on this podcast? No. No? Just gun owners? I don't know. Well, I don't even own one yet. The, the funny thing is, yeah, I have I've got my um I've got my concealed. I went taking the course and everything, and I'm just not a gun guy like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm just not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I think in this day and age, I think it's important that we, uh, in our community as well, because uh, just to be able to protect ourselves, um, and then it's something I think that we should pass on to our. I'm sorry, our it's actually not a podcast. It's a web series, and it's called Noir N O I R. That's why you kept on. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Very close to NRA. Well, yeah, I think yep. the gun ownership it, it should be a bigger portion of our community, um, and I, I think that's a topic we'll dive into at a later date. Um, but something else I want to get into uh, that I found out over the weekend um, that apparently went on last weekend was this: uh, the shooting of Steph, Stephen Clark in Sacramento. Um, another cause for a lot of protests uh, over the weekend. I heard that they shut down the Sacramento Kings game um, where the uh, you couldn't get in. Basically, ticket holders couldn't get in. Um, and after looking at the videos and reading up on it um, for a while yesterday, um, it was very enraging, similar to uh, Trayvon Martin um, and others. Goes on. Yeah. And, and others. And it was enraging for, for several reasons. Um, first of all, the amount of shots that um, were let off because of the perspective of the officer, and those are his words, um, was alarming. They shot at him 20 times. Um, and it was early in the in the video when you watch it, and he's I guess walking to them in a not very well lit backyard. Um, I think they already had some some preconceived notions, some prejudice because of what the helicopter was feeding them from above about him possibly picking up a pipe and breaking a, a window, which I don't understand how you can see from a helicopter. You're saying that he had a uh, uh, man, I forget some type of bar, some pole, a bar, or something like that, and he broke a bar or something. How you see that from a helicopter? I don't. Well, know. they they were chasing. They were so they were chasing someone that Some. allegedly was breaking windows on houses. Right. right. And it's um, um. But then they lost sight of this person for over an hour. Exactly. Um, so then, that's where I was gonna go. Go ahead. You got it. And then the helicopter sees this young man in the backyard, and then that's when the rest of it happens. 
Now, it's not very uncommon for us as young men to be hopping fences and, you know, uh, playing in other people's backyards, especially in the neighborhood, um, if we're familiar with the neighborhood. Uh, so it was it was alarming for me to hear that, to see that. You watch the video, and as the cops run up, run around the corner, and it's literally like a split-second reaction. Um, they come around the corner, tell him put his hands up, and right after that, it's yelling, gun, 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 and they just let it off. Light and up. It's so angry. I get so angry because here is a young man. You shot at him 20 times, and then it add insult to injury. They're calling out to this dude. Um, you know, hey, are you okay? Can you let me see your hands? You just shot at him 20 times. You is your aim that trash that you didn't hit, you don't think you hit him at least once? And it looks like uh they hit him the first, like one of the first shots hit him like in the stomach, if you're looking at it from the helicopter view because you can hear about five or six shots, like a two-second break, and then more shots after that. But not only that, four minutes and 50 seconds into the video after the paramedics come is when you hear somebody say, hey, let's go get the non-lethal weapons to see if he's responsive. After you just shot at this man 20 times, after he's been unresponsive for like three minutes, it's really disheartening. Um, it's really angering, like it pisses me all the way off because here is another soul, another child lost to the hands of the police. And although I think there has been measures taken, um, it's clearly not nearly enough um, when you have instances still like this still happening. Um, and well, it, it, go ahead. It's crazy, right? The, um, the people with the most training have the shortest fuse and it's unacceptable that we have to create these issues of not allowing people to just live life. At the end of the day, this guy was living life on, you know, a Sunday, just doing what he does. There was now I'm sure he's, he's ran around those backyards, you know, countless amount of times. It's crazy that society is coming to this point of trying to make you feel that you can't live your everyday life and you need to, be so cautious about things that you would take as second nature, especially with us living in a so-called free society. However, it's also very eye-opening for the other side to finally get all of these visuals of things that we have been experiencing all our lives in the discomfort of feeling places. How, how insane is it at your home, you still are supposed to have these hidden rules and regulations that you need to comply with when you are just in your backyard hanging out. It's unfair. It's crazy to think that these are the same people that we are supposed to, you have trained professionals come back with a short fuse, kill a person Cowards. And, and are going to, at the end of the day, I can almost unfortunately guarantee they're going to hundred percent get away with it as it was a part of, what happens being a police, uh, a police officer, and it's unacceptable the disproportionate amount of them killing us as far as minorities and not getting prosecuted where there's also a case in, I want to say Texas, it might be somewhere else where um, pretty much a black officer accidentally shot a white lady. Mm -hmm. um, came to their house. I guess there was a domestic disturbance. I don't know if the white lady was running at his car or something, but pretty much he got startled. He shot her in the stomach. She passed away. 
they're about to put this guy under the jail. All the way under the jail. Under the jail. As opposed to if it's something with one of us, with minorities, it becomes same. There was another issue where a lady just got shot by cops because she was in her burning car and jumped out the car because it was on fire and they shot her. African-American lady. Do you think that those cops and officers are going to be punished for what they did as opposed to, you know, the punishment being um, touted on this uh, African-American cop who uh, accidentally uh, shot a, a white woman? It's, it's crazy. And it's not to justify him shooting her, but it's the disproportion of how they regulate and how they um, penalize the officers who are making these mistakes. If you were going to be a trained professional, you should be held to a way higher standard. And I think that's what always blows my mind. Oh, well, but you know, they were, they were hyped up on cocaine and, and they were doing it. I don't care. You are a trained professional. No matter that even when you come to a traffic stop and there's an irate person in that car, you are the trained professional. You are the one who's supposed to be able to... Um, hopefully relieve that situation without any violence. And the uncomfortable trend of most officers that you see in these situations is that they are more hyped up on whatever they are than the actual uh, person who's having the, the issue or the reason that they're called to there. And then their um, arrogance in there, I don't want to say arrogant, but they're I want to be authoritative. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the top of the food chain, yeah, bro. Like that, that, the bravado is yeah. insane. And I know us as African males have all have already dealt with numerous police officers in, in um, people in uniform who have come at you initially with a lot more aggression and a lot more, um, you know, what you doing, boy? type feeling than is needed in, in numerous situations. And I, it's been from when we were younger to even now as adults, where there is absolutely no reason that I should feel uncomfortable whenever I'm driving and I see a police car. And I can, I don't care if I have 99%, there's nothing in the car, there's no, I'm not speeding nothing. But as soon as I see a police officer, my chest gets tight. I get worried. Everything is like, oh, well, I started thinking about stuff I did four or five days ago, two months ago, and, and scared. It doesn't matter. And that's just as being an African-American uh, African American male, that it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And I, I, but before, just, I, I don't understand. And hopefully we have some people, some listeners who have people who are um, family who work with the, the law enforcement. But my initial thought is, if the person said there was a pipe or any kind of other weapon or anything mindset other than a gun, why isn't the first there on their hip? There's, there's a stun and then there's a gun. Why is the first thing always the gun versus the stun? That's, I, I just don't understand. If you're carrying it on you, why never use it? Like, so they're many. never using it. And I understand. That's the, that's the problem. Um, right. Cause it, if, if he just has a, a, a toolbar is what they referenced it as, you don't have to get that close to him till he can hit you with that bar to you, your taser. Only one of them with the six of y'all. Why do you need to? 
You've been sensationalizing a lot of stuff today, man. <laughs> it was two of them. So I'm gonna follow this uh situation very, very closely, man. Um, because I'm I'm praying, hoping, especially for the parent and grandparents of this young man, that there's um a different resolution. And I think that there's there's always opportunity for it, but in this particular case, the chief of police of Sacramento is an African-American. He's actually the first African-American to be the chief of police in this city, Daniel Hahn. And his response to it by releasing the videos way earlier than you've ever seen videos of something of this magnitude be released that were released by the police department. So you got actual body cam and helicopter videos, not somebody's cell phone. Releasing the videos as early as he did, promising to release more videos. He's, he, he's, trying to build trust within his department, within his administration through transparency. And I think that's very important. And not only that, but his responses, um, he's asking the same, the same questions that are being asked to him. He is asking to his investigators because they don't necessarily have answers. And he's not playing politics when it comes to this situation. He's being very truthful, very straightforward. Um, he calls the media out for their coverage of it. And, you know, the, misuse or the way that they may use words or use angles to kind of uh, get the message across. He sticks to his statements. He's very direct and intentional with the statements that he puts out. And his, uh, I guess his run as a, as the police, of chief, uh, the chief of police, it started, you know, at an earlier age where he had run-ins with the law and he was able to turn his life around because he ran it. Uh, the, the cop that ended up taking him to the station cared about him. You know, he cared about him as a child and as an individual and didn't want to see him fall into the trap or the system. And he helped kind of redirect his his life. And now you see him, you know, chief of police. And I think that's the same level of care that he's bringing to the job, into that community. And to your point, Kay, trying to build the community, he's setting precedent, not only as the first African-American police chief, but how he's handling the situation. So that gives me a little hope inside of all of this anger that I'm feeling right now as to how the resolution will come about because we haven't seen anything like this before. Right. But we'll, we'll also see, will he get reprimanded? Yep. Right. We'll, exactly. we'll see how that whole situation is handled. Um, and just for the record, for those of you that don't know, one, one officer was black, one was white. I thought, yeah, I thought I read that as well. And, um, I know the off. I feel like I know the officer that yelled "gun" was was the uh, the the white officer, uh, but he's also the one that claims he only he only shot five times, I believe. Um, and then there's just other inconsistencies, like why you turn, why you mute your mic on your body cam when you get back to the police car. You know, it's just so many like policy issues. I think that they have to look at when it comes to the use of this technology out in the field. Like you, you after that type of crime scene, you should not be allowed to mute that stuff. And if it right. is. Like there should be some type of closed feed if there's confidential information. You know what I'm saying? So, I think yeah. um, this is going to be a great, I'm just going to smash in, boom, crypto with fresh. This is a great segue. While I wanted to talk about something else, it's called Chain, a new um, way to create digital assets because everybody believes and sees that, you know, banking and economics is going to a digital platform. But one of the pieces of Chain and what it will allow is, Instances like this, I think that, uh, you know, the blockchain's ability to create a publicly accessible ledger allows for things like, you know, all of these videotapes and all of the, you know, the documents of what's going on in the police stations to be locked into a publicly accessible uh, arena that 
alleviates all of this ability to, okay, I just had this weird case, just like Brett said, why are you going back to the car now and muting your microphone? There's absolutely no justifiable reason that you should not allow your microphone, like everything needs to be on the record from, from you know that incident on and previously actually, and it needs to be accessible in order to really understand the dynamics and, and really where the issues fall. And so another piece of blockchain is the ability to have these things locked in and to have, you know, when officers are out in the field that this is, um, you know, all taped, recorded. And if you are not willing to be taped and recorded, then there's a bigger issue and you may probably don't need to be an officer. And, and that's kind of the, the, the way that it's moving is the ability to have that accountability. The ability to have that accountability is what is going to be precious and, and poignant in the future and being able to create out of quote unquote cryptocurrency and the blockchain revolution, being able to create these instances and avenues of going ahead and, and creating checks and balances that are going to push us towards a better and more um, open future. Who knows what that transparency is going to pull up, right? Like an onion, the layers that it's going to expose. Cause that's really the biggest thing right now is just like in politics, the good old boy uh, tradition within police enforcement and law enforcement is the issue that is becoming so um, red hot and apparent right now is you have the traditional good old boys batting heads with the, the new blood who's coming in there and uh, the trying to hold on to their quote unquote traditions of it's us versus them as officers that is creating all of these, you know, abilities to have issues. And so hopefully the blockchain inclusion in the progression of, you know, transparency is mm -hmm. going to start to push and alleviate a lot of these things. But like I said, blockchain is so much more relevant and important and is going to strengthen our future that as always, cryptocurrency is not about digital dollars. It's about the changing of how information is transferred and stored for here on out. Who is that? I'm sorry. I know you hear that. Happy <laughs> birthday to his his school. Every week, some kid has a birthday. So mm -hmm. Learning birthday song. So he sings it randomly. All the time. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Faison, man, we need you to add some more levity to this uh, to this podcast, man. We've been real serious lately. So um, yeah. So I was uh over the weekend or so last week listening to um satellite radio. And I happened to turn to the Backspin channel. There you go, okay. And uh, heard uh, the T Pain song. And some reason that some reason that drive from here in DC, I was focused one hundred percent on like the words of the song. So I was singing it. And, you know, usually you make your own little word or whatever uh, it may be. Well, uh, I'm listening to it. I'm gonna ask y'all to, to kick in and, and tell me what you think the words are of the song. So sing it like you would normally would if you were at like the club, whatever. Go ahead, Jay. Um, so. They go, I'm gonna buy you a drink. What's the next words? Because you need I'm it. I'm gonna take you home with me. Right, no. Okay, so mm -hmm. what is the words in between? I'm gonna buy you a drink, take it home with me. 
Ooh, I thought he just ooh. He was just ooh, yeah. Exactly. No, this dude says, and then I'm gonna take you home with me. Hey. I was like, well, that was ooey. No, you can't, you can't know. So that man so, brought some fillers in. That's <laughs> I was like, I always thought it was a Charlie Mac kind of throwback. I mean, Charlie, Charlie trying to throw back Uncle Charlie thing like ooh, ee. but no, this dude was saying words like and I'm gonna take you home with me. And I was like, wow. So again, isn't that how it normally works? Yeah, but everyone thought it was if you if you do it right now, you just take a survey, mm-hmm. they're gonna all go ooh, ee. they're gonna do just something. Yep, noise. So it was just crazy. Yeah. And that was my like just like moment when I was in the car like. Did he just say, and then? Um, T-Pain is very underrated for his, <laughs> because of the fact that he made, um, you know, the, the auto-tune. auto-tune so popular. A lot of people. Who was doing it before? Was it him or is it Wayne? They, I, I feel it was like him first. He, he, was, it was, he, was, he was the real, like, one to bring it back and really use it. And then everybody started, Wayne, Kanye, everybody started coming to him to get, the understanding and better. Oh yeah, Kanye. Kanye. Um, no, but was like, it Kanye before? Kanye's absorbed. That's what Kanye. Kanye taught Drake how to do this, right? The absorb your powers. Um, <laughs> where if you watch Kanye's um career and Drake as well, they go and they find the new talent and they go and do the the X Men. I'm gonna touch you and yeah, come in the studio. <laughs> let's do it and just be sitting there. What record him doing everything and are watching loops of you know T Pain. How do what buttons was he pressing on there? Okay, and they learn how to. They take the next person's you know genius and let me learn how to do that directly from the person and now i can do it and move it into my arena but i think that again t-pain doesn't get enough recognition for his he's actually an awesome singer and mm-hmm. then further than that his is he though his, his, he well, is yeah no he's actually he's if you really look up some videos in no auto-tune like yo this man will jam out on the piano almost mm-hmm. on some jamie fox type stuff where it's just like vibing in in a lot of freestyle and just like doing it that people don't recognize and understand how much of a true artist he really is. Um, and just another segue, Fresh Jam of the Week. If you guys go listen to the, it's the T-Pain Booty remix. Um, wow. Oh, yes. Black Youngster song. Yes. Ooh. Killed it. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, like from the very beginning, you're just like, oh, this guy just totally just like my mind. Like he just what I need done it. Oh, happy to have him back. I was like, T-Pain. <laughs> Faison, we stand over uh, in your corner, man. What you got for us this week? Um, so so the, the corner this week is is something that I, I had to do myself and at, at work. Um, he's happy. It's not a cry. So, and I paused purposely so you can hear that. Um, so, uh, admit your mistakes. It was admit, admit Your Mistakes was this week's uh, corner. Because, you know, we, we tend to sometimes think that we are perfect or we, you know, we can't change or anything else or we don't make mistakes. Um, but you can humble someone and you can grow integrity. You can grow um, someone's uh, friendship by just saying, you know what, you're right, I was wrong. I made a mistake and I'm taking care of that and fixing it. So just admitting the mistakes, moving on from it, learning, and then going forward can build a stronger bond than you thinking you were always right. This is with relationships, this is with work, this is with self. All these three things you do, I mean, all that can change just by admitting, you know, my bad. I wasn't, you know, my, I wasn't there yet. I was, um, it, was, it was a mistake on my part. 
Was that your intentional uh, arts corner or was our conversation kind of influencing that? No, I I had that. I usually, I'm always like a week ahead, but as we talk through the week, I like find that thing and I had it already lined up. Awesome, 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 awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, before we wrap, man, Coach K, you're going to wrap this thing, but we got to remind you, you can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, watch the videos on YouTube. You can get on SoundCloud and make sure you're following all our social media platforms. Make sure you sign up for notifications. That's mandatory. Sign up for notifications so when we post something new, you guys get the buzz and you're already in the know. And it's not that you got to scroll through your news feed and find out that we posted something Thursday and you're not seeing it till Sunday. <laughs> Facts. Hey, man, social media is just way too complicated for me nowadays, man. You can't just hit follow anymore. You got to hit follow. Then, oh, yes, be notified. Oh, yes, I like this. Like, And then the algorithm, it just, you know, whatever. But, yes, get connected with us um, 13, at 13th Floor, please, on all the social media handles. Uh, you can drop oh, us a oh, line. Um, Spanish listeners. Yes, yes. Por favor. Um, 13th floor at flagology.com is the email if you need us for anything, topics, anything of that nature. Um, that's all I got, Coach K. How are we going to wrap this thing today? We're going to wrap it like this. In light of everything that we've spoken about and the women's movement, the youth movement, those of you that are in power, uh, we tend to we tend to do things that will stretch the people that you are in power of or you're in trust of. My challenge to you this week is, when was the last time you stretched your ability to assess the talent or the priorities of those you're in charge of? Because if you can get an understanding of your limited ability to stretch, you would now see these movements that are coming, you would see the importance of these, of these movements and you would be able to make not only your workplace a better place, your home life a better place, but you would contribute to the world being a better place if you could open up your global view. Can we shoot that in a tweet to um, number 45, man? Send that straight up the chain to whitehouse.gov. I think that would be very, very good. We should, we should try and get in there, man. Get Coach K in there, hold a couple seminars on, on, these, on this topic right here. Can, yes. can we do that? 100%. In the White House? Yeah. <laughs> right in the White House, baby. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. amazing. And you can get up to the 13th floor any way you like, but there's only one way down. Do window. <laughs> the 13th floor. floor. The 13th floor.